So today, we are continuing our walk through the book of Luke. Um, slow stroll. I don't know exactly what you'd call that. It's going to take a while. A wander. a wander. Wander through Luke. I wander as I wander. Um, so today, we're going to be looking at Luke 1, verses 39 through 45. If you please rise out of honor of God's word. Whoops. There we go. Oh. Luke 1, verses 39 through 45. And I read in Jesus' name. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to the town in Judah, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Let us pray. Father, as we gather now to study your word, to meditate upon your truth, bless us. For your word is truth. Lord, we pray that you would be at work now in us to change us, to make us more like Christ through your word. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, I don't know if if you guys remember, at the end of last week's text, the angel, Angel Gabriel, told Mary that her cousin, Elizabeth, in her old age, had conceived. And then, you know, you go back into Elizabeth, look at Elizabeth is in hiding for about six months. Um, but then Mary goes there and Mary goes to Elizabeth for three months. And so that should be about the end of, Mary's, or of Elizabeth's uh, gestation period. But when the angel was talking to Mary, he gave Mary this secret And that secret was, Elizabeth, she's pregnant. And so when we start this text, what do we see Mary doing? We see Mary going with haste to see Elizabeth. And so I was thinking about that this week, and I was was pondering over that, actually, that I've been working on this sermon for two weeks, because as I was reading, I realized this this one's going to take some work, because I don't know what in the world to preach on here. Why did she go in haste? Well, she's seeking that, that fellowship. She's seeking that other person. That other person that's experiencing something like she's experiencing. I remember when Kirsten was pregnant with Anton, it was kind of fun because Kirsten wasn't the only one pregnant at that point. And I remember as, as a guy, you know, watching these ladies talk about their shared experiences of those pregnancies. You know, and I could talk to the guys about my wife's shared experiences with the pregnancies, you know, but it was that commonality that existed there. And so Mary is seeking that out. And so she goes in haste, seeking that fellowship. The first thing we see is that she is confirming what the angel has told her. Come on. There we go. 
You know, the angel told her, hey, Elizabeth is pregnant too. In her old age, she's pregnant. So I, I don't know about you guys. Um, I've never seen an angel. I've never gotten to talk to an angel that I know of. You know, outside of my wife, obviously, but you know. <laughs> like that, yeah, I'm not good at that. The non-corporeal being, yeah, we'll just say that, the, the one without a body. Um, I've never gotten that opportunity. But I've had strange experiences in my life and experiences that I've thought about, is, did that actually happen? Like, is this real? So I was sitting in my garage one day. I wasn't planning on telling the story. I was sitting in, but I'm going to. I was sitting in my garage one day. I just pulled in. Uh, I think I was turning, the year that I, the, it was the year that I was going to turn 35. And I just pulled into the garage with my car. I was about to get out and I heard a voice. It was like clear as day. I heard a voice. And it said, you're going to die this year. And I thought, well, that's weird. I don't, I don't know what to do with this. I, there's nobody else around. I couldn't confirm it. I didn't know if it was real. Like, I didn't know what this was. Is this just in my head? It, you know, was it just a random accumulation of sounds? What in the world is this? Because sometimes we've got white noise for the kids so that they don't hear the cars and whatnot and things going on in the neighborhood. Sometimes when I'm laying in bed, it'll, it'll sound like there's words coming through the white noise, but, you know, you can't understand them. It's just your brain trying to make sense of it. So was it that? What in the world is going on? And so I prayed about it because what else are you going to do? And I lived my life as best I could under the thought, well, if I was going to die this year, how am I going to live? And you know what? I'm still here. I think I'm still here. (laughs) I am 38. And so this wasn't this last year. Yeah, I'm getting old, right? 38? Midlife. Wow. Um, (laughs) So, it wasn't real. So I'm thinking about Mary, and I'm thinking about Mary in light of my really weird experience. And I would bet that somewhere along the line, Mary doubted this angelic visit. Is this real? Is this true? How, you know, because in the first few months... I, you know, when Kirsten first got pregnant, she didn't show it for the first couple months. I did a little bit, but she didn't. You know, and so is this real? I can see Mary, like they didn't have pregnancy tests. What's going on? And so she leaves with haste to go and see Elizabeth. Is this real? Is what the angel told me true? Or is this false? Because if it's real, or not? Is it true or is it false? I just still don't know if that voice was real or not. I have no idea. But I know one thing. It was false. Have any of you ever had a thought come into your mind that wasn't true? I know I have. What do you do with that? Do you sit there and meditate on it and meditate on it and meditate on it and meditate on it and ruminate on it until you realize if it's true or false? That's not the best way to do it. If, so I was, I, I, had, I was doing my devotions one morning. I had this thought go through my mind. And so I have a, a few pastor friends on Twitter. Then I'll text them a question. You know, I'll send them a question through Twitter. And I sent this out. And one of them got back to me in about 10 minutes and said, no, that's not right because of these reasons. 
was like, oh, all right. So in my head, it sounded like it made sense. In his head, he was able to look at that and say, no, that's not right. Pastor Joe's off because of this. You know what? All right. So I took that idea and I threw it away. Because it was a real thought. I think it was a real thought. But it wasn't a true thought. How do we know what's going through our head is true? We need other people. We need other people to talk to us, to listen to us, to correct us. How many of you have ever needed to be corrected? I, you know, man, I am amazed at how often I'm wrong. You would think that I liked it. I don't. But you'd think that. I'm so well practiced in it. We need this fellowship. We need other people around us because how do we know that what's going on is real? That we, we don't just have some crazy harebrained idea. How do we know that it's true or if it's false? And then once we realize that, where do we go with it? Because if it's true, this experience is true, this experience is real, now what do I do? Where do we go with that? We need help with these things. We need to know where do we move from here on out. Because if this is just me, you know, I've only got one brain and I oftentimes don't know if that's working properly. You know, and so that's one of the reasons why I'm so thankful God gave me a wife, that we could talk through these things. But you know what? Sometimes we're stymied too. And so what do we need? We need fellowship. We need other people in our lives that we could bring these things to and say, you know what? Is this real? Is this true? What do we do with this? What do you do with that when you hear a voice in your garage that says you're going to die? Tell your wife? It it took a while for me to tell my wife because I didn't want her to be terrified. You know, what do you do with that? How do you apply that? Well, I did apply that. I'm going to live like it's true. And you know what? Cleaned up some things in my life that needed to be cleaned up. Not my garden, but other things. Prioritized. Well, how do we know where to move? How do we know what to do? You know, multiple minds are better. So we can talk through these things and see things from other people's point of view. So we need fellowship for the sake of confirmation. What's really going on? You know, we were talking about in our prayer time, this misinformation. One way to see through that misinformation is by discussing what we're seeing going on so that we can start to see the patterns and see through that murk. Because if I'm sitting at home listening to CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox News, CNN, Breibart, you name it, I'm going to be confused. But you know, if I listen to those and then Brian listens to those and then Richard listens to those and we talk about what we've heard, we might actually be able to see through some of the deception, some of this obfuscation, this murk that's been sent out by I don't know who's sending it out. I, believe it or not, I don't believe in human-run conspiracies. I don't think people are smart enough. But I know that Satan is at work and that he uses people that aren't smart enough and that aren't submitted to him. We've got a lot of people in our world that aren't submitted to him. But I'm going to stop with that because I'll probably get cut off of YouTube. We need fellowship for encouragement. So, so Mary's just, so think about Mary again. Remember Mary. Who's Mary? 
she's like a 14 to 18-year-old girl. You know, so she's like Lisa and Rin's age. And she just had an angel come to her and tell her, congratulations, you're pregnant. In a culture where she could be stoned for that. That's a big deal. You know, it's not America now where you go and you sign up to, you know, get welfare and whatever. You know, assistance, government assistance. That's the word I was looking for. That's not the sort of culture that's going on. This is the sort of culture you're going to be ostracized from your community. You're going to be probably divorced from the guy that you're engaged to. You know, this is a tough thing. And so she's going, she comes to Elizabeth. What does Elizabeth tell her? What is Elizabeth saying? She's saying encouraging words. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How many of you have ever been afraid of something that you didn't need to be afraid of? Any of you? I have. I think when we're done with this COVID thing, we're going to look back and say that wasn't a legitimate fear. I think that. But how do we know what's legitimate and what's not? You know, because sometimes I'll be, I'll just have this thing come to me and I'll be afraid of it. Like I'll, I will experience that fear. Be laying in bed at like 5.30 in the morning and I just become terrified of something. And at that point, my brain's not working hard enough to be able to really sort through that. And so then I'm left to do that alone. You know, and Lindy's awake. Maybe I should call him at that point. Um, but most normal people aren't. <laughs> Kathy. <laughs> Oh, when they, yeah. How do you know which fears are legitimate and which fears aren't? You know, you think about Mary going to see Elizabeth, going to have that fellowship. This is an opportunity for her to sort through those fears. This is an opportunity for her to talk about what she saw, to talk about what she's heard, to talk about that potential. This is an opportunity to sort through those, what's legitimate, what's illegitimate, and with the legitimate fears, because sometimes we have legitimate fears, but they're not as grand as we think they are. And here we see Elizabeth pointing Mary back to the Lord. Blessed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She's saying, hey, this is a good thing. This is a legitimate fear, but nevertheless, this is God at work. Is there danger here? Yeah. Is God at work? Yeah. So what's going to weigh heaviest in your mind? What are you going to focus on? Mary's entering into a hard time. You know, think about the culture. Don't think about this like a 2020 American. Think about the culture that she is living in. She is entering into a time of hardship and of fear. And Elizabeth is saying, that's legitimate. But there's something bigger. Blessed are you. You are being blessed. Is there danger there? Yeah, but you're being blessed. Don't focus on the danger. You know, it's like Peter walking on the water. When did Peter sink? It's when he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked down at the waves. You know, that's where Elizabeth is pulling Mary's eyes back, saying, Hey, look at the Lord. And that's why we need this fellowship because we work better as humans. We work better as teams, not as individuals. It was not good for a man to be alone. It's not good for me just to be 
ruminating about these things in my mind. I need others around. Point my eyes back to the Lord. Because sometimes, believe it or not, I'm not looking at the Lord. Sometimes I'm not looking at the blessings. I'm not looking at what God's doing. I'm looking at what could happen. You know, like with this election stuff going on. By the time this gets up on YouTube, everyone will know who, well, hopefully everyone will know who on the election. You know, looking at all that stuff, focusing on all the potential bad, all the potential dangers, instead of looking at God and saying, you know, God's still working. God's still blessing. God's still powerful, isn't he? Is Biden bigger than God? Is Trump bigger than God? Is corruption bigger than God? Pretty sure not. Pretty sure God's bigger. So who are we hoping in? You know, we need to be reminded of that. When we're dwelling with that fear, we need to be reminded, have our eyes drawn back to the Lord. Is this fear legitimate or illegitimate? Because sometimes we're afraid of things that don't matter. You know, to be afraid that a meteor is going to randomly come and strike Hosanna when we're all here. It's like, yeah, that's probably not very legitimate. But people get scared about those things. That's not legitimate. But legitimate fear, what do you do with that? You need that team around you then to bring your eyes back to the Lord, to trust in God that He's more powerful. So as this week goes on, as this COVID stuff goes on, I encourage you, look to the Lord. You know, as Mary said, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of, the, of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the, and then Elizabeth goes into what's going on inside of her. Blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. That's a lot of blessings. The one who trusts God, blessed are they. Now with that, I want to take a step back. What else is going on in this time of fellowship? We see a transition in the world. We need fellowship in times of transition. When things are changing, we need fellowship. Now, Elizabeth, think about Elizabeth real quick. Elizabeth is of Aaron's line, right? She's a priest. She ancestors were priests of the line of Aaron. Zechariah, priest of the line of Aaron. John is functionally the last Jewish prophet. Because now Christianity comes in. So Elizabeth, old, barren, producing the last fruit. And then we get Mary coming in. Young, new, Immaculately conceiving Jesus. And we see this time of transition from Judaism to Christianity in this meeting. Like Elizabeth embodies, because it was the temple, it was the priesthood that embodied Judaism. And Jesus is the embodiment of Christianity. The Jews looked to the priesthood, they looked to the temple, they said, That is what we are. And we, we look to Jesus and we say, that is what we are. And so we see those two cultures meeting here. And you know when we need fellowship is in those times of transition. Because we need the old to meet with the young. We need, we need that. Because did Christianity just 
embrace all of Judaism and then carry it off into Christianity. Do we have temples? When was the last time you guys slaughtered a goat? Or a lamb? Or a turtle dove? Like we, don't, we don't do that. We had a, you know, a, ta- or a Passover feast, the Paschal feast. That was kind of fun. I didn't slaughter the lamb, but I did cook it. You know, what was important? Because in those times of in those times of transition, we need to be passing off what's important. And what was important to Elizabeth? What was she drawing Mary's attention to? It was the Lord. It was the truth of the Lord. It was faith in God. This is what is important. Because what is Judaism about? Was it about the sacrifices? Was it about the festivals? Was it about the temple? No. All of those things, all of those things were meant to point people to God so that people might believe in God, so that the Jews might believe in God. It wasn't the law. The law was there to drive them to the Lord, to show them their sin, that they might not rely upon themselves, but that they might rely upon God. And so as Elizabeth is speaking to Mary, Elizabeth is pointing Mary to the Lord. What was the most important thing? Blessed is she who believed that what the Lord had spoken, that what was spoken to her from the Lord would be fulfilled. Sorry, it's a fall that paraphrase. I actually have it here. I don't know why I didn't just read it. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. This is what Elizabeth is passing on to Mary in this fellowship. This is the heart. This is what God one of the Jewish people to be. People who trusted the Lord. This is what we are to be. This is what I want my kids to be. I want them to be people who trust the Lord. Because that's the most important aspect of our church. And all these other things, they build out from that. Granted, yes. But we want them to be people who trust the Lord. If they end up going to Hosanna all their life, cool. If they end up going somewhere else, as long as they trust the Lord. Because that's the beating heart of Christianity. Does God actually do what He says? So in that time of transition, what is being passed on? And what is being picked up? Because the, the new has a responsibility too. I, as a father, have a responsibility. I, as a pastor, have a responsibility. I, have a, as a husband, have a responsibility. But you know what? I, as a son, have a responsibility. I, as a son, have a responsibility to pick up the faith of my parents, my grandparents. I have that responsibility. Anton has that responsibility. Rachel has that responsibility. Soren has that responsibility. I'm just picking on my kids. I could pick on all of yours, too. Josh has that responsibility. We are called to pick up that which our parents are giving to us. I'm called to do that. You're called to do that. Because how many of you have ever watched a baton handoff in a track meet that failed? (laughs) Some pretty spectacular ones at times. Whose fault is it? Depends on the time. Sometimes the handoff is great and the grab is 
not. Sometimes the hand is there, and when the handoff goes, it misses. And that's a transition. And we're, our world is always in that time of transition. Right now, we're in that time of transition. What was important needs to be handed off. We're not just here so that the same. What would it be a relay if the one person just ran it? Would they win? You got a four by four. Would the person, if you've got one person running a four by four or four people running a four by four, which one's going to do the best? Or a four by eight? Which one's going to do the best? Is it going to be the team or is it going to be the individual? I suppose it does depend, yes. If it's a meast, it's going to be the individual. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be the team. Because God didn't make us to run this race alone. So I can only go so far before I get worn out. At 38, kind of feeling it. I got to pass that baton to my kiddos. I got to pass that baton to Ethan. Not just mine, but the others. Because in these times of transition, we need to meet, we need to listen, we need to speak. We need to pass on that which is most, I need to pass on that which is most important. So that they would have something most important to pick up. If I try to pass on everything, well, that's tough. And that's what we see happening here. What was most important to Judaism? The belief that God fulfills his word. What's most important to Christianity? The belief that God has fulfilled his word. That was fulfilled in Jesus. The promise is true. So then the question is, what will you do with that this week? See the importance of fellowship. Why do we need to have fellowship? Confirmation. How do we know what we're thinking is true, is real? What do we do with it? We need fellowship. How will you use that? Encouragement. How many of you feel any need for encouragement in times like these? Where do you get that? Is it by going home and hiding? That's not turning on the television? I promise you right now, that's not going to be encouraging. <laughs> we need solid Christian fellowship. As our lives move on, how do we view our place? What we're passing on. How will you use this? Because that's our responsibility. How will I use this? Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for Mary meeting Elizabeth. We thank you that she went in haste. Lord, we thank you that Elizabeth spoke to her. We thank you, Lord, that they met. Guide us now to understand our world better, that we might walk in these truths, that we might walk in your grace. Lord, that we might use the gifts, the
the people around us that you've given us to guide us back into the truth. Lord, we need you. We need you to guide us, to trust you. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.